Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro and by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcand, and Mike Cadlick. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. Back at Gillette Stadium once again are the New England Patriots for a battle against the Buffalo Bills. We're going to get you ready as only we can here on WEEI Football. At the bottom of the hour, of course, he is uh, already camped out at Gillette Stadium where the uh, 1-5 Patriots will hope to put together a representative performance against a uh, Bills team, Arkham, that uh, they're 4-2, but they lose the opener because of a bunch of turnovers. We know that Josh Allen has turned it over. We know Mm -hmm. they've got injuries on defense, and... Uh, people kind of forget that the head coach, Sean McDermott, is the guy calling the defense for the Bills this year with Leslie Frazier having uh, taken a year off. The Bills have played good, not great. They're clearly better than the Patriots. And I don't know if the Bills look at this as a get-right game or a get-through-it game. We're dinged. We're, you know, we haven't played great. Let's just not go into Foxborough and screw this up. Yeah, I'd imagine they're, uh, they're, some of them are thinking that. You don't want uh, your quarterback to get more banged up than he already is, and I think that's the main thing is keeping him healthy, keeping him upright. I'd, surprise, I'd be surprised if you see him out there running around very much today. Uh, I think they'll probably be pretty conservative in terms of all that, but I think you can be conservative like that and still beat the Patriots by a couple of scores the way things are going. On the other hand, though, Gresh, it's been a tough couple of weeks for Buffalo. They uh, got beat in London, and then they had that really close game last Sunday night with the Giants, mm-hmm. which that was an ugly get both sides, obviously. But one side had Tyrod Taylor out there trying to run an offense, and the other side was the Buffalo Bills, and they didn't score until the fourth quarter. So they're not playing great right now. I absolutely agree. If there's ever a time that you could say that the Bills look like maybe they're vulnerable going into a matchup with the Patriots, this is probably the first time in a couple of years you can say that. But even with all that, I still think that they're just too good, and uh, there's too much there for the Patriots to really keep up with them. Yeah, and the Bills are in an interesting spot, and uh, I know that, uh, Arkan, you had mentioned that, hey, listen, the Bills aren't playing great. There could be something here. Fourier had mentioned it as well. One of the things that didn't get added for context this week is what you had mentioned. They whoop up on the Dolphins and beat them 48-20. to Signature win this year for them. Then come back and go to London and lose. Then they come back home and play a tough one against the Giants against a backup quarterback. Now they get the Patriots, and then in a couple of days, they're playing Sunday night football or Thursday night football against Tampa or the Bills. So I'm kind of assuming that if the Bills have anybody that is close – 
that they would like to have for the Tampa game, considering at least on paper it looks like a tougher opponent, Mm -hmm. that some of those guys might sit this week and that the Patriots would be viewed by the Bills as a, well, we don't need this guy to be able to beat them kind of game. And normally the shoe has been on the other foot for all the years over here. So it is an interesting spot that the Bills find themselves in because they got to turn around and play that Thursday game. But then once they get that done, it's almost like the mini bye week before they have to load up right. and play what could be a pretty important game for Buffalo at Cincinnati on November the 5th. Yeah, Buffalo's schedule really starts to uh, crank up around Thanksgiving. That's when they have Philadelphia, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. I mean, that's that's a tough sl- slate right there. Tougher, I'd say, than uh, you know the Patriots and then uh, Tampa. I think Cincinnati's after that. Denver, a couple other games there. This <laughs> is a team that's going to be, I think, all year long, barring injury to, to attack of Iloa, is going to be going back and forth with the Dolphins for the top spot in the AFC East. I think that's a major storyline in Buffalo and something that they're very much aware of and are trying to, you know, store up for and not let these guys all get banged up. But, you know, we talk about the Bills having a lot of injuries. The Patriots had a huge injury report this week, too. So, I mean, you know, it's all kind of relative. No, everybody is really, I mean, that the, the, the biggest story arguably in the NFL this week are the injuries. Like, I'm looking up on the screen right now, and I see that Deshaun Watson, and I love how they put this, on track to start this week. So even that is a guarantee, and they're still kind of hedging stuff like that. Mm. Daniel Jones, I guess, is not expected to play, but you're right, there's injuries everywhere. And for the Patriots, uh, it looks like Pop Douglas and Jack Jones are going to be back. Juju Smith-Schuster will not be. Really, two of the bigger questions that I have, Arcand, is are, are Cole Strange and Mike Unwenu going to be available and then, uh, you know, I was looking to see uh, the, the Connor McDermott added to the practice squad. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to go back to last year's group and just have Brown, Strange, Andrews on Wenu. And then are they going to go back to Connor McDermott, who was surviving a right tackle? But I would argue, or at least I think, unless I'm missing something, the, the, the biggest, you know, sort of a lineup configuration we're waiting for today is what's the O-line going to look like? This week, yeah, and uh, that's a, that's a great question, and it's one that I think uh, Mac Jones would certainly like to know. Uh, maybe a little bit yeah, more in advance. Hopefully, than he, he has an idea. <laughs> hopefully, Jesus. he knows a little bit about that. Uh, there's a little bit of breaking news here, Gresh, from Ian Rappaport. What do we got on NFL Game Day? This is big news. According to Rap Sheet, this past off season, Bill Belichick quietly agreed to a lucrative multi-year new contract which adds some context to the discussions about the greatest coach in NFL history. Now, there's uh, audio to this, too, that I just retweeted, Stiz, if you want to grab it. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a report this morning from Rap Sheet, and that definitely changes the conversation that a lot of people have been having about not just is Bill going to be in trouble this year, is Bill going to be in trouble at the end of the year if they have a bad season. According to Rap Sheet, no, 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 unless they decide to go back on it one year in. This past offseason, a lucrative multi-year new contract, uh, not even an extension, a new contract is what uh, Rap Sheet is reporting. So, uh, so wow. Well, yeah, and one of the things that I brought up to Andy Hart last year and we were talking about it was if it ever got ugly, what does the contract say? Uh, And how meticulously written is the deal? And maybe more importantly, it really comes down to if Robert Kraft wants to make a move, how much money is he willing to part with? Yeah. Because I'm assuming the Bill Belichick is lucrative. Yeah, it's not working on a year to year. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. He already was making lucrative money, wasn't he? But if we if, if we look at Bill Belichick as a guy who does two jobs, 
And at least in the minds of the crafts, he has elite at both jobs. You're looking at fifteen million to be the coach, probably. Yep. And ten million to run the front office. That's about what I've heard. Rumored is twenty five to yeah. thirty million yeah, would yeah. make a ton of sense. If you look at what Sean Payton got, like Sean Payton didn't get I don't know if he officially got title, but I know he got control and like fifteen million a year or something like that to go along with it. So it would make sense from a Belichick end that say he signed a four year extension, you're looking at a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And I don't care how you structure that out, that's still a lot of money to then move on from Bill. And what sort of protections were the Patriots able to put in there? Like, you know, and again, normally it happens for like first year head coaches who get their first head coaching job where they have the offsets. I don't think I don't know if there'll be a bunch of offsets in this deal to be able to save the crafts if they want to bust a move. There on. should be a, a, a clause where you can void it if you lose to Brian Hoyer. How about that? There you go. That yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, many coaches sign up for that? Probably a lot. And I think Bill might have uh, might have been one of them. So uh, do we have Rap Sheet's report here? I think yeah. Stiz has it. Stiz, go ahead and play it. This is Rap Sheet this morning from uh, NFL uh, from the NFL Morning Show. Patriots struggling as they really never have. Bill Belichick's job security has somehow been a topic in New England. As you just heard, would Robert Kraft make a move midseason? Would he make a move at all? Now, my understanding is we'll be not inclined to make a move midseason, but allow me to add some news. Sources say Bill Belichick during the offseason quietly agreed to terms on a lucrative multi-year new contract. His contract, one of the most closely held secrets in New England. That said, I think it's fair to say there was some at least uncertainty or intrigue surrounding him. Now, contractually, he is locked up long term. And Rich, at least we're going to have the discussion. This at least adds some context with the context with the Patriots committing to the greatest coach in history long term. So yesterday you had the uh, the Patriots Hall of Fame ceremony, and I know people are making a big deal about the handshake line. Right, it was like at a funeral or at a wedding or something that Bill went through the handshake line and. Big, you know, Seymour, and he grabs him on the shoulder, and then Vrabel grabs him on the shoulder, and it's just a normal handshake for Mr. Kraft, mm-hmm. and then he moves on to the next player, and it's a big grab and on the shoulder and all that kind of stuff, and people were sort of looking into it. Uh, maybe uh, Bill Belichick should have, hell, he should have been hugging and humping Robert Kraft, it seems like, if he gave him this extension, knowing that uh, maybe Bill really isn't in a lot of danger here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm shocked to see this. Honestly, I am. I'm shocked that they would, after last season after the way things went after Patricia and judge that they would turn to Bill Belichick and say you know what we like this we want more of this let's sign you up for four whatever how many, how many more years how many more years is he even going to do this for <clears throat> a multi-year extension to me implies he's going to be here till he's 75 that's you know yeah. like is that what we want is that what Patriots fans want now is four more years of Bill Belichick and, well, and this product that you've been seeing lately? I just, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. Well, I don't. I, I think that now because the discussions have come up, um, there are those who will say, got to get rid of Bill. And then you say, all right, who? And that's where a lot of people go, uh, 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 and they start to like stutter and stammer. People have been not pushed. me. I got plenty. I got a whole people, list of candidates come in and replace pe- Bill. Well, again, there's <laughs> the there's the coach Bill. Sure. And then when Bill oversees that person as the head of the front office, 
then it gets a little weird or no, no, a no. little sticky or He's something gone too. like that. Every, every, all bills are gone. GM bill's gone. Coach bill's gone. You're not keeping the one or the other. He's not going to stick around for that. He needs to have full autonomy, doesn't he? No, I, I definitely think so. That's why if so this goodbye. report is right, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. And uh, so, so who are your, who are your candidates for GM then? Uh, for GM, I think you can go a couple of different directions. I'd probably move on from Grow. I don't really love any of the uh, any of the internal candidates here, but I do think that uh, if you are going to bring in the next the next GM, he should hire the coach, and that should be the way it goes. You no, should bring in a GM who hires the coach, and, and then that coach okay. gets the quarterback, and the three of them all work together, and it doesn't have to be one guy doing everything. But who is that guy for a GM? That's the thing. That again, I go back to the everybody says get rid of him. Until it's give me a guy. Well, why does that matter so much? What what specific guy? It because is? if you're Robert Kraft, if it, there's any guy I feel like could do better than Bill Belichick. Well, right? there's a couple of things here. Number one is if you're going to if you're just looking to change a coach, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. If you're looking to change the front office, now you're talking about not only and let's work with round numbers, okay? Sure. Let's say they sign Bill to this lucrative extension and they got to give him seventy five million to go out the door. All right, and then we're admitting that all the so apparently Bill Belichick's way is completely broken. So all the coaches got to go. So now you're writing it's also fine with me. So if now you're bringing you're, in a new head coach. So now you're writing another ten million in checks or whatever in the world it would be because I don't think Bill O'Brien came here on a short term deal. No, and they just redid Mayo's deal because he was going to leave to be so, what the assistant defensive coordinator. He doesn't even have a real title. No, but he he turned down head coaching jobs to stay here. So I'm assuming he didn't come back for a buck two ninety five and a ham sandwich. Maybe not, but he also I mean, may have been told you're going to be uh, something in the future, and I don't know if I want to sign up for that. Either. But that's I'm a, but no, but this is my whole point is that if Bill's way is broken, then why would you just eliminate the smartest guy? You got to eliminate all of them if you're saying Fine, that clean the, house. So there's more money on top of that, and then it is you're going to go through a GM search. Sure. So that takes you two or three weeks. Then the GM comes in. Do you want some and names, they by come the way? To, to, there's some names for the GM that I would be uh, absolutely fine with looking at. Uh, Chiefs assistant GM Mike Borgonzi, uh, Chad Alexander, Jets director of player personnel, Dolphins assistant GM Marvin Allen, Bill's senior director of pro scouting Malik Boyd. There's names. I mean, it's not like there's no names. Well, and also, I don't like that argument either because people said that same thing with Claude Julian. Well, if you fire Claude, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the next coach? And everyone got all, you know, uh, up in arms about that. They bring in the guy from Providence and they didn't miss a beat. So, like that, you can move on from Bill Belichick. Well, there. again, if, if, in the scenario you just laid then, there's still Bill Belichick, the general manager, right. that has got to then be replaced as well. And if the thought is you're going to bring in a GM and then let them hire the coach, then the reason it matters is because the Crafts have to figure out how to get their ducks in a row into who they're going to interview and then interview those people. Then it is, oh, by the way, we got to handle whatever messy divorce there's going to be from Bill interview these people, fall in love with hopefully one of these guys, bring them in, and then that guy is going to go bring in the next low-level assistant from whatever team he came from. Right. This oh, is, boy. That's what everyone, that's what happens when you I fire can't wait coach, for, Greg. I can't wait for Nagy. Well, not everybody does that. Some go out and get the high-ticket guy. Most of the time I mean, they bring in their it. own people, don't they? Like, think about it. John Gruden probably would still be the coach of the Raiders in some ways if he didn't get wrapped up in, in <laughs> you know, them trying to sacrifice sure. him. To uh, but you know there are big name guys. Look, Denver. They didn't say, "Hey, let's just go get a GM again." And the last GM brought in a dope that we couldn't even get through the season with. 
I just don't know if that's the way the Patriots are going to split the baby on this. Let's add another layer of complexity. Who's making the call? Uh, Jonathan, I would imagine. That, well, and again, is Robert ready to? They'll work in concert, I don't and know then if, whomever it is, it's okay. left over for Jonathan as as well. I just Robert think will come out and make the announcement, rot. but I feel like Jonathan would make the decision. Oh, I think it's the other way around. Really? I think. Oh, yeah. I don't think. I don't think Robert Kraft wants. The, I don't. Uh, who was it? Curran you who think said Jonathan this. Would make the announcement? No, I think. Uh, I think it would be in tandem. Okay. Uh, because one of the things that Fourier threw out, which is a very easy way for Robert Kraft to kind of back away from all this, is the, hey, I am now turning over control of the organization to Jonathan. He's been the president. It's time for him to set up who is going to be the next runner of the Patriots for the next 20 years or something like that. Because I do think there is a, you know, do you want Brady and Belichick uh, leaving while you were truly running things. And it's something that Robert Kraft's got to be sensitive to. I just think that, uh, I, I, I don't know, I, I, there are no GM candidates that are out there to where I say, that guy is getting it right, and that guy has a young coach underneath of him that you know you're going to want to at least think about bringing in. Then that guy's got to go through the process. And let's add another layer of complexity to all this. You see I'd, the be, new I'd rule? prefer that to this. You see the new NFL rule they passed this week uh, on hiring in the league? So right now, there's a, a, there's a, a big debate within the NFL on when you can get in person with some of these people. Right. So now if you're in the playoffs, oh, I did you got to wait till the divisional round. So you know what oh, that big deal, big deal, big deal. Definitely not. Here's why. Because if there is someone you really want in the league, let's say you wanted the offensive coordinator of Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, A, you're going to sit and wait. The longer you wait. Sit and wait. You'll talk to the agent. People talk. This isn't real. I mean, come on. No, but it's about getting your assistants in a row as well. And it's about lining those people up. But what they've done is the NFL has made it easier for a team to bring in a Jim Harbaugh type as a czar to run the whole thing than it is somebody that you want in the league. So, yeah, it's a big deal because if you love a coach that you know is going to be coaching deep into the playoffs, you're not going to be able to get near the guy, and then it is you're going to sit and wait, whereas if you're a team who says, F it, I'm going to go get not Nick Saban, but Jim Harbaugh or somebody from college, there are no hiring restrictions now. So all those assistants that get fired in the first week of the season that are waiting to see when their buddies get hired – conceivably someone like Harbaugh can come in, have first crack at all the really good ones. You've completely set up your staff before other teams are still ping ding a around sure. waiting for the, you know, Steve Spagnola to come. Or free. you could hire Jim Harbaugh. You know, you could do that too. That's no, not that's, in, that's, right? no, but that's my point is right. that if you're going to, but that is an autonomous guy. That's going to be the exact same setup as if you bring in Jim Harbaugh. It's the exact same setup as Bill Belichick. And what you're saying is I believe more in a guy on the outside than I do on the inside. And that's where the crafts have to have a real tough discussion. Yeah, I'd be out on Harbaugh, by the way, if we want to talk about people in the future. But also, I feel like it's kind of moot since Rap Sheet is reporting here, which was the genesis of this entire yeah, argument. Yeah, it really that is Bill amazing. Bill is uh, locked up for the foreseeable future anyway, um, well into his 70s, flying in the face of his old Marv Levy comments. So and there it, you go. It's also interesting, too, <laughs> that this got out, Arcan, because one of the closely guarded secrets in the NFL has been yeah. Bill Belichick's contract. Absolutely. This feels like someone on the Belichick side sort of leaking it 
printed out the rap sheet. Uh, we'll talk about it all with Tom Curran. Right before the Bills come to town. Yeah, right Right before the Bills come to town of all the teams. So uh, we will get to uh, Tom Curran. Cadillac's going to join us at the uh, bottom of the hour. We will get to your uh, Cars for Kids storylines, which feel like they're pretty heavily tied into the quarterbacks on both sides. But uh, we'll continue on WEI Football Sunday. Here's Stiz. We welcome back Stiz, ready to trend. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now. The Patriots will host the Bills today at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Josh Uche, Riley Reef, and Keon White have been ruled out, and another 16 players have been listed as questionable. Some of those players include David Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry, Christian Barmore, and Demario Douglas. Per Ian Rappaport, Pop Douglas, who's been dealing with a concussion, is expected to play today. Coach Belichick spoke with the media. He spoke on the injury report and said it is what it is. Injury reports, it is what it is. It's, we're required to list certain guys in certain areas based on what they do. Um, but we'll see. I mean, guys are working hard to be out there. They're getting better. Um, I think everybody's heading on the right track. And we'll see how it all turns out. The Bruins now 4-0 after beating the Kings 4-2 last night in Los Angeles. Jake DeBrus didn't play after being late for a team meeting. Brad Marchand had two goals, one assist. This is the eighth time in Bruins history that they've won four or more games to start a season. The B's longest such winning streak is six games in the 1937-38 season. The Phillies beat the Diamondbacks last night 6-1. Philly now up on that series 3-2. And the Rangers will look to tie up their series against the Astros tonight. They're down 3-2. They'll be in Houston tonight for Game 6. First pitch at 8.05. And the New England Revolution beat Philadelphia 2-1 last night at Gillette Stadium. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More NFL Sunday coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Oh, girl, I like you. I do. I want to be a friend. Go shopping in a Benz. I like you. I do. I hit you in a land. Can you fit me in your plans? I like you. So according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick came to terms on a lucrative multi-year contract extension in the offseason. So it uh, raises a lot of questions. And as uh, Rappaport wrote in a tweet, that at least adds some context to the discussions about the greatest coach in NFL history. That is according to a rap sheet. Let's get to uh, some of the storylines today brought to you by Cars for Kids. If you have a car that you can donate to Cars for Kids, go to carsforkids.com or 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. So this is the biggest off-field storyline going into the game. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, and then there is the uh, really the, the story of both quarterbacks. Uh, you've got Josh Allen, who, Arkan, you mentioned, who is dinged up, 
short week. They're going to be playing on Thursday night next week. They had to travel to London. Yep. It hasn't been the uh, most seamless run on offense for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but if you're the Bills, is it as simple as Allen to Diggs leads the way? How, if you're Buffalo, would you get after a Patriots defense that really, since Matt Judon has gone out, the pass rush has kind of gone away yeah. in a lot of ways. The pass rush has been, I mean, it was almost non-existent, I would say, in the, in that last game. You didn't see Jimmy Garoppolo really going down at all. You didn't see Derek Carr get his jersey dirty at all. Not exactly teams with the best offensive line. I mean, Jermaine Illuminor was on the offensive line for the Raiders, so yeah. you know, it's not exactly uh, the uh, Chiefs in the 90s or anything. But either way, I'd say, yeah... The thing with Allen is that he's so good at escaping the pocket and extending the play. I don't know if he's going to need to do that. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, conservative game plan for the Bills here. And unless they have to, unless they have to start improvising and, and doing things like that, I think they keep it you know pretty pretty straightforward without Gonzalez out there to to be a factor in the passing game against Diggs and Gabe Davis, who's also having a great year. He's got four touchdowns already. I think Diggs has five. Uh, so you know those two make up the majority of the scoring offense for this team, and that to me is what they're going to really have to worry about. And if Allen has a lot of time and those guys have time to run around in the secondary and get open, they're going to kill him. What got me was last year. I remember one of the guys like Mac Wilson. He was a part of the defense because he's a guy who could play in the middle and he was fast enough to be able to deal with Josh Allen. And then Josh Allen kind of works his way out of the pocket and he stiff arms Mac Wilson because Mac Wilson might be 205 pounds or whatever it is, yeah. maybe 210. And Josh Allen's a sturdy 250. And he just swatted him away and then threw the touchdown pass. So like he wasn't even there. Well, that's the thing. I wonder <laughs> now about the you know they're a little more uh, they're a little more athletic in terms of the Patriots and the way that they've been playing defense. Here's the other thing too. I, it looks like it's going to be. J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, and Jack Jones are going to be the corners. Now, I know that J.C. Jackson did not match up individually. Like, those individual numbers against uh, Steph Diggs are not great. So, I I wonder if the Patriots rotate a little bit on Diggs a little bit today. And uh, there have been the numbers out there that the Patriots have been great at taking away the number one wide receivers. The problem is it's been everybody else. And that's where you start to get to, as you mentioned, Arcane Gabe Davis. And the tight ends were a big factor last week for uh, Las Vegas. So I wonder if it's the, oh, there's the latest thing that's been exposed that another team will be able to get you know, four catches for 50 yards out of at some point during this game. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that. And I actually, we do this in the fantasy uh, portion of the Mm -hmm. day, but I think Gabe Davis probably have a big day today for what you just said. I mean, they'll they'll make sure to give extra attention to Steph Diggs. Uh, I think that that's a guarantee, basically, at this point. They did that with Adams last week, and you saw Myers kill you, which we all sort of predicted (laughs) was going to happen, didn't we? I think you see a similar thing coming on this week with with Davis and Diggs. You can't afford to let... uh, Diggs run with the ball. You just can't. You have to give him that extra attention. Otherwise, he'll absolutely kill you. Yeah, take Diggs out and yeah. force Allen to kind of get it to everybody else and force everybody else to to play up. I'm with you on that. And then on the other side is Mac Jones, where the performance wasn't great last week. It wasn't hideous. It was also coming off of some real low watermark games. So it's kind of been all over the map. Philadelphia was good. Dallas was terrible wild extreme highs and lows and some of this really does come to can the Patriots follow up on the one good thing they did last week against the Raiders which was 
They actually looked like they had a real running game. Yeah. And if you can get some of that against a Buffalo team that has no Ed Oliver in the middle, and that guy, he's an a-hole, but he's a bleeper. <laughs> he can play. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, now, then again, the Patriots offensive line have to do their part. So here we go. We're yeah. flipping a coin. Davis being out, I think, could be a, a real factor in terms of the interior running game. I don't know if they're going to get around the edge or not because they still got whatever they got at right tackle and their tight ends don't block very much. So I would imagine it's going to be more of a between the tackles, you know, up a, up front kind of running. And if Oliver's out of the game, you're right. I mean, he's a he's a, a force to be reckoned with in the running game and also in the passing game. I mean, the Bills lead the league in sacks. They are a, a real uh, weapon when it comes to that, and it's made uh, it's made them secondary which i think has been banged up as well uh a lot better and it's given them a lot more interceptions too they're turning teams over they're getting to the quarterback uh that defense even without oliver i know von miller's playing like there's you know russo those guys up front they're still uh, major forces to be reckoned with and it looks like russo is going to play he yeah. started the week limited and then was full on thursday and friday uh only other guy that was uh limited for the bills all week long was corner kair elam they've got some issues at corner tradavia White went down once again. Tredavious White's become the new kind of number one corner that just it feels like he gets hurt every year. Yeah. At some point, that guy's out. Byron the, Jones yeah. is one of those guys. And the Bills yeah. find a way to, you know, match it up and kind of figure it all out. Yo, know, they're uh they they I, I give the Bills credit. You know, they do a good job of of coaching around the injuries, and not every win is sexy, but if you look at how their head coach had to you know, jump in and, and coordinate the defense, which again, you know, plenty capable of doing Sean McDermott. Right. Uh, but they do it. They do a, a really good job of kind of coaching around the injuries and everything. We're getting our guy, Mike Cadlick from weei.com uh, on the hook here to talk about the, uh, the Belichick news, not to mention the Milano too, by the way, BC's Matt oh, Milano, yeah, Matt been Milano. Out and is right. another, uh, can cover and is also a real, uh, tough guy in that run game too. And he's out as well. So without Oliver, without Milano, I think you have an opportunity at the very least That's that's to right. try and open that up. Up the middle, yeah. which is not, you know, I thought the Patriots would be much better running the ball up the middle this year, and they've been uh, pretty inconsistent. All right, he's with us on the Harbor One hotline, normally with us in studio, but uh, doesn't have the Greg Hill helicopter to be able to take him from uh, here in Brighton and uh, land on the Kraft helipad down at Gillette Stadium. It's our guy, uh, Mike Cadlick. And, uh, Cadlick, I know you're down there amongst the uh, assembled media. We're seeing the Twitter reaction. I don't know, are there people? People in the oh, yeah. building are there are there murmurings and gasps going on of people being like wait what belichick has a long-term extension yeah uh it's pretty bizarre actually i uh you know i'm driving in here i'm getting ready you know listen to y'all doing some prep and all of a sudden i see a rap sheet twitter notification that he has news so i flip on the nfl network and here we are all of a sudden i was on this the last time i called into this show we were talking about belichick's future and now he's uh seemingly here long term so uh, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, you're talking about not only this season, but the trade deadline coming up and everything. It sounds like uh, he'll probably have full control over everything else rolling on. So it uh, definitely changes the outlook of not only this season, but this team going forward. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I would I would certainly say so. The, uh, the fact that they looked at what happened last season, Mike, with Judge and Patricia and thought, you know what, right. let's let's sign up for some more of this and let's keep this train moving is is astonishing to me, really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely taken aback by this. Now, I don't know if you guys had been hearing uh, drips and drabs about something like this but didn't have enough to go on or what, but I would like to know, is this, do you think, or have you heard anything? 
anything that would suggest that this is the same kind of arrangement and the same kind of status that he's at right now. Is that what this extension and this new contract uh, envelops? Yeah. Um, you, just speaking on that, as far as hearing rumblings and everything, I, I heard nothing. Wow. Um, this was definitely, and Rapshi talked about it on his report too, that, you know, it's sort of the, the biggest kept secret around the building is his contract. And I heard you guys mentioned it earlier too, as far as where the money goes and if he has a blank check to write everything else to everybody else and what have you. So yeah, no, no rumblings from, from our end. And uh, you mentioned the, the structure and everything and the, the front office. And I mean, not that I know, but I would assume from what Belichick knows and what he does and his, you know, his ego and what allows him to run this organization is the fact that he shops for the groceries and he is also able to cook the meal. So I don't think that's going to change. At least I don't think that when he agreed to the contract extension, that would have changed. I assume he would still have carte blanche to do everything that he does with the, uh, with the front office as well. So I don't know if uh, – look, I don't think that they would sign this extension without some sort of out or some sort of um, agreement that, you know, obviously Robert Kraft can make a move and they, maybe they have to pay him out or whatever. But The Brian uh, Hoyer clause, that's what I said. There should be a clause that if you lose the <laughs> yeah, Brian right. Hoyer, it can all be voided. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, I mean, from what, from what Belichick does here and from, you know, from what I would understand as far as his contract and what he does with this team, I would think he has, he has the final call moving forward. Well, let's work through a couple of things here. If this contract is in place and say there would be a divorce of some kind, then right. could this potentially make it easier for the Patriots to trade Bill Belichick? Because everything that Bill would want on a piece of paper being shipped to another team would be in there to protect him contractually if everybody said, yeah, it's best to move along. Let's go try to move Bill somewhere else. Yeah, that's a fair point, too. I think it uh, it leaves out sort of the the unknown with you know if they're going to have to pay him out and what's left on the deal and what have you I think that you're right they could sort of just take I guess what he makes contractually money wise and ship him elsewhere if anybody else wanted to do it and whether that be you know everyone has said the Cowboys and the Giants and whatever else um, but really in my opinion I don't think that now that I look at it and with what Rap Sheet reported I don't even know if that's an option anymore I think Kraft. You know, we all assume that they're they're upset, and you know, you hear rumblings that they're upset about what's going on. But the fact that they did this last season, like you mentioned, Arkan, after the disaster with Patricia and with Judge, I think he still trusts him to run his football operation and thinks that he knows best. And so, look, yeah, technically, it probably does set them up a little bit better for a trade moving forward, Gresh, um, because again, you could just sort of ship that off, and the contracts in place, and there's you know logistics and what have you. But I. I after after this report this morning, I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think I think he's here for the long run. I really do. All right. And my opinion has changed. Like it has completely flipped over the last fifteen minutes because <laughs> I don't think they would have done that after last season if Kraft did not just want him to run it until you know until the not only the record's broken but until uh, Bill wants to leave. Sure, I would just say last year was a respectable season compared to what this one looks like. I mean, we're looking at top 10 draft pick type of stuff. And not to mention, Mike, today, 
you got a lot of Buffalo Bills fans in town. I don't know if you noticed this, but there, I was I was out in Stoughton yesterday, uh, my local pizza mm-hmm. joint, and there were Bills fans everywhere. I was I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. So there's yeah. going to be. We saw they this travel. with the Red Sox. There's going to be a lot of Bills fans in the house today. This could be an ugly game. You know, is this? I think when they if they did give him this extension and said, all right, well here comes uh, Bill O'Brien and things are going to be different this year. To have them drop off this much, I mean, just a couple days ago, Breer, we heard other reports that Kraft had talked about moving on from him. I mean, this is, you're right. Yeah. I mean, this is about as uh, uh, much as you could turn on a dime as I've ever seen. Yeah, and I wonder, too, if maybe there's something in there where, look, I don't I don't know if he really wants the wins record. I don't know if Kraft wants the wins record, but I wonder if there's something in there, too, where Bill really could want to step up upstairs and move up and do something different in the organization and let um, Gerard Mayo coach and move on because again that that off season um, extension or new contract with Bill probably coincided with the addition of Bill O'Brien and the extension uh, and the raise for Gerard Mayo and so maybe there's something there on the inside that we don't know about where Bill maybe moves upstairs maybe he becomes the general manager maybe he does a front office gig and eventually hands the team over to Gerard Mayo and that is something again the, that Breer talked about the sort of changing of the guards here that they've talked about. Maybe that's what it is, is the fact that Mayo ends up taking over and Bill moves upstairs and continues to, you know, get paid a pretty hefty paycheck from this team. All right, so obviously we know the off-field stuff that is big, the Belichick news. Now to the on-the-field, Cadillac. What is the path to the Patriots winning this game? Is there one against this Bills team? Um, respectfully, no, I don't see a path <laughs> here. I think this, this Bills team has owned the Patriots for the last six years. They've owned them ever since Brady left. Um, you talk about Josh Allen as a guy who obviously is a top three, four quarterback in the NFL, but uh, at times reverts to that turnover-happy rookie that he was. He doesn't do that against the Patriots. He's thrown 13 touchdowns to just two picks in his last six games against this team. Um, they have a real problem defending against Stephon Diggs, and the problem was J.C. Jackson, and now J.C. Jackson's back. We don't have a number one cornerback in Christian Gonzalez. So without Gonzalez, without Judon, yeah, Jack Jones comes back, but I still think they're going to struggle to stop them offensively. And then with the Patriots offense, there's nothing that's told me over the last three weeks that this team can compete on a high level with, um, you know, the, one of the top offenses of football in the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, you mix that all together. Yeah, sure. I think you maybe establish the run and you get a, a lucky turnover here and there, which the Patriots have not done this season. Um, but other than that, the path really to, to beating this team is trying to, get a turnover off Josh Allen, holding on to the football um, offensively, not turning the football over if you're Mac Jones and these running backs, slow methodical drives and beat them with what the, Bel- the Belichick Patriots have done for 25 years here. But that's not really the recipe against these bills. So, um, if it's going to happen, that's what you have to do, but I, I just I don't see it. We're joined by Mike Cadlick, com. Mike, if Mac struggles uh, again today, and I say again because, you know, you know the season's yeah. gone, uh, what's, uh, what's the plan? Is there one? What do you think uh, happens there? Yeah, that, that, the whole thing last week was so odd with the emergencies, Bailey Zappi thing, yeah. and the Malik Cunningham backup. Um, I would be surprised if they do it again. I don't think that – I don't think – they didn't know the rules as far as the emergency backup quarterback, but I think they weren't really well equipped, well equipped enough to obviously have a backup quarterback in there if Mac did struggle. So um, I think Zappi will probably be active again today. I think Cunningham will also be on the roster, um, and they may, you know, use Will Greer as the emergency third quarterback. But after what we saw last week, the way they did it, I don't think they're going to bench Mac Jones this season. Um, again, these, these opinions really have flipped over the last two weeks because. <laughs> 
I thought there was a, a clear path for Belichick to be gone and Zappi to just get handed the job last week. But now after what they did last week, you know, Mac threw the interception. They still didn't bench him. The short leash report came out from Rappaport, and none of that happened. Mac was still the guy. So um, if, if Mac struggles and it's a blowout again, you might see Zappi like you did against the, uh, the Saints and the, the Cowboys, but I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think they're going to stick with Mac here, um, at least throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I actually vote for more Malik Cunningham turtling in the pocket oh, yeah. and just sitting down whenever <laughs> it was a chance to throw the ball. I, I like his handoff. That was a good yeah, handoff. I want, I want more of that. Well, so, Grash, you, you, you mentioned the, the, the Malik Cunningham package, quote-unquote, they tried to do last week. They didn't do a package with Malik Cunningham. They would throw him out there for one set of down or one snap. It was clear that they were going to run a read option with the guy, and then he just gets bundled in the pocket, and then you tried to roll him out or whatever it was, and that didn't work either. So if you're going to use a Malik Cunningham package, use him for the full drive, and or not for the entire drive, but you know, get a little bit of a mojo going and let him you know read the pocket or run a draw with them or run a sweep of them and let them get you know, a little bit more comfortable instead of just throwing them in there on second and second and long and then having them get messed up. So if you're going to do it, do it right. And I would like to see that too because they do need some, a little bit more juice on offense. Oh, I was completely kidding. I don't need to see it anymore. <laughs> I saw enough all I needed to see. It was uh, – you don't, yeah. So you don't want them to – you don't want them to reset the tone and try and get something else out there? You want them to just roll with what they've done with Mac? Well, because they're not uh, – if they're not good enough equipped to run the basic offense, they ain't going to be able to run the gimmick junk neither. And you had a quarterback That's back fair. there where it was – one, two, and you took those away, and the guy turtled. Like, to me, when Colin Kaepernick was running offense in San Francisco, it was one, two, and if not, then you can run. That guy figured it right. out. Malik Cunningham doesn't have the base of knowledge or confidence to be able to do that. You're running him out there and screaming gimmick, and then you put the ball in his hands, and he craps himself. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, they're not running good enough offense to begin with to get the gimmicks in right. there, but Catholic will be all over what this O line is going to look like. Like when they start rolling out soon, warm-ups will be uh, underway down at Gillette soon enough. At Mike Cadlick on Twitter to get all the uh, very latest. Cadlick, thank you, friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, fellas. Talk to you. All right, See there you, we go. So we'll get the latest on the O-line groupings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 617-779-7937. We will talk everything about this game and Bill Belichick with Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston at the top of the hour. Now, more of the guys. This is WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. Gotta talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. 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 Oh, boy. Oh, I forgot to look. Did Brockton get a big win yesterday against Nubefa? That's a big rivalry game, according to uh, Coach Wiggs from the discussion that was uh, going on in studio. There's always they a, won. They, they did. Won. Look at that. Second win. Second. Oh, they got right. it before the Patriots. Coach Wiggy, <laughs> look at that. Wiggy greater than Belichick. How about that? <laughs> oh my God. All right. Way Wiggy, to go. Way Wiggy, to go, Brockton. Wiggy uttered to me in the off-air show. Uh, yeah, we got a kid who's uh, good enough to go play in college, but if I play him as my quarterback. Then everybody will load up. I'm like, you got a college kid. Put him a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I love bickering with Wiggy over stuff like that. But Luke Turco, uh, two interceptions in the game clincher with nine seconds left. How about that? For the Bulldogs. Oh, baby. So the Wigs are uh, the 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 fighting Wiggies are uh, two and four now on the year. 
Well, let's get boxes, to I mean, yes. the box. Let's get to a Coach Wiggy's keys to the game. How soon will Protect Mac Jones come up? Here's number one. What up, Coach Wiggy here? My three keys to this game. Number one, make sure Josh Allen doesn't make plays with his legs. Don't let him extend plays. You know, uh, if there is one thing that the Patriots were better at last year, it was trying to hem Allen in the pocket until he pushed down your light middle linebacker, ran to the right right before he ran out of bounds, and then threw like a touchdown pass. I don't think it is. I think what people forget, Arcand, is not only is it the north-south plays, but it's the east-west plays that Allen does a good job of keeping it alive. Yeah, and he's so good at that. And also, I mean, he's got a shoulder injury. It's not like he's dealing with a knee. It's not like he's dealing with a foot. You know, something that would make a hip even, something that would make it hard for him to kind of cut and run. He might be able, you know, we may be sort of underestimating what he can do there, but I agree. Try and keep him in the pocket and make him throw traditionally and try and get to him. I just, they have a hard time getting to him when Judon's playing and Judon is not playing. He'll give you one. That's the thing about Allen is that he is, again, I'm convinced modern day Brett Favre. You could get 404 scores, but he could also throw four picks and five touchdowns, put you in the hole, and bring you back out of it. That's right. Here's number two. Number two, right. protect Mac so he can get the ball out quickly and on time. We knew it. Yep, we knew that was going to be one of them. All right, he skipped it for two weeks. We're back on protect Mac. Although I'm convinced to a moral certainty that Wiggy would love to light him on fire in the middle of uh, the field, but nevertheless. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a tall task. The Buffalo Bills are tied with the Ravens for the most sacks in the NFL. They've been getting after everybody. They got after Tua. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot. It's going to take a lot to keep them out of that backfield. Can't be in third and ten all day. If you're mm-hmm. in third and ten all day, you're dead because that's when they get after you. And then finally, here we go. Last one from Coach Wiggs. And number three, we need to see some big plays out of this offense. It's about the explosive plays. We need to see them, and that's the coach. All right, Pop Douglas is back. Maybe you get one there. Uh, and Devontae Parker is due to make a catch down the he field. He is. He's due. And you know what? <laughs> last year, we're going to get to this in the Reverend Scouting Report. Last year, week 17, the last time these two teams played, Devontae Parker had not one, but two touchdown receptions. Oh, really? In that game, week 17 last year to end the season. They got their ass kicked, but Parker actually uh, made a play. He made a how couple of plays. About, so there you go. Yeah, how about that? So maybe Devontae Parker. In the before time, in the long, long ago. <laughs> In the galaxy that feels far, far away. He was kind of all right. I can't, oh my God, I can't wrap my head around. uh, And the way, and then Devontae Parker after the game out uh, out in Vegas just basically deflecting away the questions and then he kind of did a mea culpa this week. In fact, uh, on the on the show that I do down in Providence, one of the guys who's in the locker room all the time has got to get like the locker room interview who normally yep. gets, you know, like the punter and Joe Cardona. <laughs> Guess who did it this week? Devontae Parker wow. made himself available to go on uh, TV huh. to, uh, and the first question was, you know, how do you get over last week? And he answered like a human being, unlike he did after the game. A little image rehab. Uh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. And he did Got the, the PR team going. Absolutely. <laughs> and he right. did the big, uh, you know, uh, like gather around in the locker room sort mm-hmm. of talk and all that as well. Well, we know the report from uh, Ian Rappaport on the contract of Bill Belichick has uh, made some waves here in New England. We'll talk to Tom E. Kern about all that next as we roll into Hour 2 WEI Football Sunday.